Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A Canadian pastor is acquitted after being charged with the crime of keeping his church open during the pandemic. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, bringing news from a Christian perspective. Joining me as always, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire. Joining me now, it is Friday Junior, ladies and gentlemen. It is. We have almost arrived at that special time of week. Right? We're just, we're coasting to the weekend. Uh, but it's been a good week. Yeah. A lot going on, as always. A lot of I mean, craziness going on. A lot of craziness. Going. Look, we are counting down to the midterm elections. And uh, I think there's going to be like a big, have you guys seen the attack ad? The attack ads are absolutely unhinged in my area. Like they are, I mean, I'm in Pennsylvania with Oz and Fetterman. It's just... It's almost entertainment in and of itself, these attack ads. It is it is something else. It's something to behold, but we'll get into that in a bit. But on the main thing today, Saudi Arabia threatening biblical historical sites with the construction of this line city. You may have seen that viral video. CBN's Chuck Holton was there. Uh, so we'll have that report. First, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. And the White House deleted an embarrassing tweet that tried to give credit to Joe Biden for increases in social security payments, but the tweet was flagged by Twitter as misinformation because the increases were actually caused by a 40-year high in inflation. Seniors are getting the biggest increase in their social security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership, the White House tweeted, before ultimately then deleting it because obviously taking credit for inflation just ahead of the election is not likely the message that Democrats want to uh, endorse. And a Canadian pastor who was arrested twice in 2021 for continuing to uh, have his church meet in Calgary, Alberta uh, during the pandemic, he was acquitted of the public health related charges against him. Uh, they tossed out charges. This was Pastor Tim Stevens, who was accused of violating the provincial uh, public health orders regarding physical distancing. They had helicopters flying around. If you remember that, they, they saw you know, some of the pastors, they, they identify them using helicopters flying around, trying to find people still meeting and crazy stuff uh, going on over there in Canada. But those are just uh, some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more uh, over at CBNnews.com. Guys, that was I mean, you're starting to see the chickens come home to roost on some of these covid uh, stories where there was heavy handed punishments for people just trying to freely meet. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think you're going to see that play out at the polls. I think you're going to see that play out not just in 20, you know, 22. You're going to see that in 2024 as well. This is not something people are going to forget very easily. Well, and I think some of that, too, is serving as or served as the motivation for why Democrats latched on to the Roe v. Wade ruling so quickly. One, obviously, that's kind of a talking point for the left and right yeah. in their respective camps anyway. But I think they latched onto it so quickly and so vociferously because they know that public opinion is not in Democrats' favor when it comes to the the way that they handled COVID, particularly in, in blue states. Yeah, and we talked about the pandemic amnesty article that was in The Atlantic this week. And again, you're starting to see, I mean, here's another one, a pastor getting acquitted of this. Yeah, I mean, getting thrown in jail for just having his church still meet, people willingly going there. Nobody's forcing somebody to go to this church. It's it's really, it was really something else. And you're seeing that now within New York, workers who were fired essentially for not getting the vaccine 
They're winning lawsuits. I mean, you're going to see this this stuff turn because people said at the time this is not going to hold up in court. And now we're seeing that that is the case. Like A lot of this fear mongering that was going on at the time is uh, really starting to turn around. And I think people are seeing that maybe, oops, maybe we were a little too heavy handed here with the way we handled this thing. Well, yeah. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday, but having grace and being able to have humility, you know, humility is such an important thing in life. And there are a lot of people walking around, you know, pretending that they never had a bad idea on this or nothing bad ever happened. I was wrong about a lot of the things I said. You know, I may have been right about other things. I think we have to be able to admit that and say, look, you know, this was a mistake. But the fact that they're not doing that is not going to help their cause. Yeah. One, we shouldn't forget what happened. Obviously, I know this is Canada, but we talked extensively to one of the pastors who was put in jail uh, because he held worship services. So I think uh, it's easy to forget as more time goes just how unhinged some of these responses were. Of course, we want to extend grace, but we need to be honest about how horribly some of this stuff was handled. Yeah. I mean, particularly you're right in Canada. I mean, we talked to some pastors there. I mean, um, you know, it happened to multiple pastors. Churches, for some reason, seem to be the, the scapegoat and a target in the early days of the pandemic. I mean, it happened down in Mississippi. A bunch of a heavy police force showed up to a church that was meeting outside. Um, crazy, crazy scenes. And um, people are not going to forget those types of things anytime soon. So, all right, let's head into our next story here. And there is a graphic new animated video that shows an abortion from start to finish, and it is sparking some conversation and a little bit of controversy, too, in the pro-life community. So, uh, Billy, what is this video all about? What's going on here? Yeah, this is called The Procedure, and it's a four-minute animated video, and it's the animation is what makes it so interesting, right? Usually you would think of Unplanned or a movie where you have people acting it. This is an animated feature looking at abortion and not just looking at abortion as an issue but showing an animated form an abortion uh, from start to finish this is narrated by the way by hercules actor kevin sorbo he was also in god's not dead well known in the conservative and the christian community and by the way also put together in secret by top level hollywood animators whose Mm -hmm. names have not been revealed but people in the industry who wanted to take part in this so there's a lot of interesting factors to what the video is the animation is definitely high quality. I mean, uh, and like you said, Kevin Sorbo's voicing it. So all of the production quality is is very good on it. But it is, I mean, trigger warning, if you go to watch it, it is disturbing. I mean, it it does not hold back on what is actually happening in, a, in, in an abortion. But Billy, what's the uh, what is kind of the twist on it? Like, what is the what is going on in the video that like the view they present it from? Yeah. So what's interesting about this is it's a hospital worker um, who, you know, works in this hospital and is called in to watch this abortion take place. It is based on a true story. So this is somebody's testimony of working in a hospital. It's a guy. Um, He watches this abortion. He's horrified by what he sees on the screen, which they describe in detail and show in detail in the animation. And he then quits his job as a result of that. And so this video, this four minute animation is telling his story and why it impacted him and what he observed. And so who made this? Who made this video? Yeah, so this is actually from Lore TV. Uh, This is an upcoming streaming service. They're in pre-launch right now. It's run by CEO Marcus Pittman, and um, it's also a partnership. It's a six-part series. So this is the first part in that series that Lore has with an organization called Choice 42. Um, Laura Claussen, who is 
the head of that organization. So they sort of partnered up on this six-part series. So there's more to come on this. This is just one of the stories that they're going to be telling. Yeah, and Laura, you may, may remember her from a video called The Magic Birth Canal, which was a, a kind of a sarcastic look at, you know, when does a life become a life? And so that's a that, that was a good viral video there as well. So what, what are they hoping? What is Laura hoping kind of to do with this video? What, what are they hoping the impact is? Yeah, you know, we sat down with Marcus Pittman to ask him, the CEO of Lore, what, why he chose animation, right? What was the purpose of this? And he actually gave some really interesting points on this. He's like, look, you know, this humanizes the baby in the womb. It's unique. It's not going to be restricted because it's not showing violence with people. It's animation, right? Um, and so you have this ability to show something you wouldn't normally see in animation, and it makes you relate to this baby. And I have to agree, when you watch it, you want a different outcome than what you're going to get, yeah. right? You know it's going to go a certain way and you keep rooting for this baby. And so they really wanted to take the facts of abortion, the things we know are true and that a lot of conservatives focus on and merge that in with the art that brings emotion. And so that's their that's their real goal with this, to make an impact. So obviously this video, I think, has sparked a lot of conversation, as you mentioned, Billy, and it really kind of brings to light this um, debate as to, well, how, what is the best way to sort of highlight um, this issue? I mean, do you go more graphic or not? Because it might turn people off and they don't want to watch it. Um, and it's uh, people are torn on that. They're, they're divided. Yeah, I don't know what the right thing is. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's hard to talk about an issue as horrific as abortion, an issue that has been really denigrated and the language has been changed to make us not feel anything. It's hard to have that conversation without actually showing people and breaking through what what it really looks like. Yeah, I mean, but the more this issue lingers, the longer we talk about it, and the more I think the left shifts the conversation uh, away from the reality of abortion. Mm -hmm. I think, unfortunately, it kind of necessitates this kind of response, you know, because people don't really know, especially younger and younger generations, like the Gen Z generation has never actually been, if they're just consuming mainstream content, they've never actually been exposed to the reality of what abortion is. I mean, Anne Hathaway was just on The View uh, and she equated abortion to an act of mercy yeah. and said that if abortion is illegal, that's a threat to women's health and their professional development. When in reality, that's not the truth at all, right. uh, but that's the mainstream talking point that we now have people like Anne Hathaway, uh, celebrities, famous people, whatever, who are saying that abortion is an act of mercy. I mean, just let that you know sink in how ridiculous that sounds right. if you know what abortion actually is. Right. And I think that, like you said, kind of necessitates showing what it actually is because you have people out here saying things like that. And, and that is a, it would be one thing if it was just one person saying something and everyone kind of was like, okay, that's ridiculous. But that is the a common view. And that is a reason why a lot of people end up falling into that side of the issue because they do view it that way. And I think it kind of does make the argument that, hey, maybe we need to show you what it really is. If you can't have a conversation, and I know a lot of pro-choice people that are in this camp about what abortion is, if you can't bring yourself to do that, yeah. then you might want to rethink the position you hold yes. in terms of in terms of what is this thing that you're saying you're okay with. If you don't want to talk about it. Because it's too gruesome. Should, yeah. Right. Well, then <laughs> if you, you should be able to talk about it fluidly without a problem. What is happening in that video? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, really. And, and I think it's kind of like the passion of the Christ for a lot of Christians you know, they didn't want to watch Jesus because we know, we know Jesus suffered 
and was crucified and it was horrible. Um, and then watching it is just so painful. Um, and so, but so pro-life people understand what's happening. So maybe a lot of pro-life people won't want to watch this video because they know, they know what's going on, but the, the, that doesn't negate the necessity of bringing this to light so that people's eyes might be opened who are just sort of blindly going along with bumper sticker sort of ideologies. So, all right, well, let's, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, thanks for bringing that story, Billy. And we're going to go into our main thing now. And they're in Saudi Arabia talking of constructing something called a line city. You may have seen this viral video. It's supposed to be this, um, environmental wonder, and they're going to be in the middle of the desert where, you know, nobody really lives right now. And they're going to make this line city. And it's kind of been mocked as this future dystopian nightmare because everyone will be trapped in this line. But uh, it's also potentially threatening some pretty biblical historical sites. And CBN's Chuck Holton actually was there and went uh, along with a guide who has been researching this. And he believes it is, um, you know, this area where they're going to be putting the line city includes things like the actual location of Mount Sinai. And so Chuck Holton was there in Saudi Arabia, and he has the details on today's main thing. For now, the northwest corner of Saudi Arabia is home to more camels than people. That would certainly change if Crown Prince Salman's ambitious plans come to fruition. The heir to the Saudi throne recently announced this region as the site of his new $500 billion megacity called Nyon. Imagine a traditional city and consolidating its footprint designing to protect and enhance nature. The goal is for up to 9 million people to live here in what's touted as the world's most modern, forward-thinking and climate-friendly city. Few people, however, know about the deep biblical history of this area. Those who do wonder if the megaproject would help or harm the region's historic value. Andrew Jones has studied biblical archaeology for more than a decade. CBN followed him on a week-long adventure to some fascinating biblical sites places almost everyone has read about, but few will ever get to see. Jones believes Mount Sinai is actually located here, very close to the proposed site of the new Saudi megacity. So the, the biggest issue is that Moses, when he was taking care of Jethro's flocks, now that was his father-in-law, and when he had fled Egypt, he lived in the land of Midian. And the, the land of Midian the, is in north of Saudi Arabia. There is no archaeological evidence for Midian in the Sinai Peninsula. And it was on one of those days when he was out with the flocks that it says he went to the mountain of God in the book of Exodus. And it says he saw a burning bush on Mount Sinai. So then you'll realize that Mount Sinai is close to the home where Jethro lived in the land of Midian. His theory is that after crossing the Red Sea, the Israelites would have wandered in this very desert. As the team retraced their steps, it was easy to see why water was foremost in their minds. After the Israelites crossed the Red Sea in the end of Exodus chapter 15, it says that they came to the oasis called Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. Well, those 12 springs are still here. Here's one of them behind me that's been cemented in over the years, but it's still used by the Bedouins in this area to this day. But will the new Saudi mega project threaten this history? There's a city they call the Line, which would go from the coast all the way up into the mountains of Midian. And they just announced this next city, which is up in the mountains of Jebel Laws. This whole mountain range we believe to be the mountain of God. And so 
you will find as you're driving around the desert these brand new roads that they're putting in and this whole camp set up for the workers so it's a multi-year uh, project we're just hoping that they don't um not just ruin the view but destroy anything of biblical significance out there after more off-roading we came upon this site a huge mountain with a peak that appears burned the evidence is all around us that this is the true Mount Sinai. Now, I know there are many proposed locations for the mountain of God, but this mountain here in the land of Midian is the only one that matches all the biblical evidence for Mount Sinai or the mountain of God, or another name is Mount Horeb. This large plain at the base of the mountain would have easily accommodated the Israelites and all their animals. And Jones tells us more. Ron White discovered these pieces of marble when he first came here in the mid-1980s. In 1985, he found on one of the sections written in ancient Hebrew the name Solomon, the mountain of God, Moses. And so he believed because of these key words that King Solomon actually set up a marble shrine dedicated to the mountain of God at the base of Mount Sinai. And look at this, a large altar centrally placed and covered with petroglyphs. Many of the images depict cows, an animal that in ancient times did not exist out here, but did exist in Egypt. If this is the real Mount Sinai, there was no way I was leaving here without climbing it. The Saudi government has big plans for this whole area, hoping to make it an oasis of modern comfort, but I like it just the way it is. And seeing it with my own eyes made the Exodus story come alive. Wow, I made it. This is the top of Jebel Musa, the mountain of Moses where God came down and met with Moses to give him the Ten Commandments. What a hike, what a sight. It took about two and a half hours to get up here. And it was almost three miles from where we parked the car, but it was worth every step. And you know, I don't think we'll ever be able to say definitively whether or not this is the actual spot where Moses met with God. But I guess that's just where faith comes in. From Northern Saudi Arabia, I'm Chuck Holton for CBN News. All right, Chuck, thanks for that fascinating report there. And uh, I got to say, guys, this Lion City thing, I kind of hoping it does not come to fruition. Obviously, the biblical areas there, you don't want those disturbed. But uh, also, it just seems like a dystopian nightmare waiting to happen. <laughs> When it looks good on paper, question <laughs> if it looks good in practice. Right. Try to think of some of the counter examples of why it may not be a good thing. And uh, I think there's plenty of those. But anyway, let's head into the last thing here. Uh, Billy, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. Yeah, it's 1 Corinthians 9.24. It reads, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. I just love that because yeah. it's like it's such a good reminder. You know, stay on track, stay focused, focus on the Lord, and keep your life moving in the right direction. Yeah, and the fact that there are there actually are rewards in heaven. There are things that you will get in heaven that are a result of your behavior and how you follow the Lord here on earth. So, I mean, that is a cool thing that we have to look forward to. Well, and over time, like our hearts, like I was saying the other day, become more conformed to the Lord. So yeah. uh, as, as you follow after him, your desires are shaped more like the heart of God, right? So, so the things that you're interested in, the things that you want to seek after day after day will become more like the Lord. Uh, and you can't, you can't lose with that. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. All right, that's all the time we have for the podcast today. As always, make sure you get over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. 
And uh, look, guys, we've done it. I mean, Friday Junior's here. We are rolling into Friday. Uh, it all happens so fast, in large part, thanks to this podcast. Don't know how we do it, but we do. And we're glad you're here with us. So, Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We will be back here tomorrow with more. God bless you.